0: It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm. I am Joe O'Donnell.
1: And there's Jefferson the dog. Jefferson, chiming in. As always, Jeff. The (laughs) co-host. The co-host is John Meader. I know. know. And Jefferson. What's wrong with Jefferson? Well, he saw a few little friends. These two dogs that he doesn't really get along with, so he wanted to make sure that they knew where he lived. That's all.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. That's right. But I'm going to give
1: him a treat now. He should be. He's good to go. Now he's good. (laughs) he's gonna be tr- how you doing brother uh you know good good to go man uh things are good met with my surgeon today i get to play golf again so that's nice da- Down, down nice. a whopping 58 pounds which is not a guy you know that's nice too so breaking out some old school you know t-shirts from way back in the heyday but other than that man yeah you know I'm what good.
0: size what size wild swag do i need to get you nowadays? oh man who
1: knows i mean at this rate I could be down to. It could be in a schmedium pretty soon. No, I will never go to the schmedium <laughs> length. There's no way that I will join forces with you and your size. Mm-hmm. But we could share clothes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody else said that to me. I mean, I think my goal is to get down to 225. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, right. I'm about you know about, about 35, 40 pounds from greatness. But uh, you know, we'll see. I don't. I don't want to get under 215. I mean, I'll look like I'm back in high school again. You know. Nah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 225 is a good playing weight for you, I, I think.
1: so, too. I would you know, agree with that.
0: Maybe, like, a outside linebacker. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Somebody that can run with the safety. tight end. Oh,
0: you know, yeah. I love a good heavy-hitting safety. I know you do. I know you do, brother. All right, All right Brother of the Love podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of Flyers hockey. They kick off tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. in a best of seven, the official uh, round of 16, if you will. The field of 16 for the Stanley Cup playoffs getting underway yesterday. By the time most of you hear this, game one of the Flyers will probably be in the books, but hopefully our predictions will ring true. Uh, John Mita, first question for you right off the hop. How much do you love playoff hockey? I know it's probably not to my level, but I know you got to be enjoying what you've been seeing.
1: I mean, it's been ridiculous. I mean, look at yesterday's game, the five playoff overtime. Like, are you kidding me? When you think about that, add on their three periods of the entire game, that's eight periods of 20-minute hockey. I mean, those guys were dying yesterday and just giving everything. I mean, between, you know, between Tampa Bay and Columbus. And that was just, I, I mean, I love it. I think the intensity, I mean, listen, even if you don't like sports and like you'll chime in, there is nothing better than playoff hockey. It'll get the the, the non, you know, fan interested because like the intensity level, I mean, every, it, 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 I love it. I mean, I, I think it's great and just being able to watch Live sports again, hallelujah. Kudos to the NHL. Kudos to the NBA. MLB's hanging on by a deer thread. But just to get some live sports back, it's just bringing up the morale. Definitely in this apartment for sure. So, I I, I love it. I'm I'm interested. I like some of the matchups. They're very interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty enthused about it. And I think, you know, call me a homer or what, man, but the Flyers have a really strong chance to go pretty far. I know. I know I'm, yeah. I, I'm all flyer yeah. up. and I know many of you listening and
0: uh, friends and family, et cetera, waited a long time for a team with maybe this good of a chance uh, to bring the cup back to Philly for the first time in like 35 years. So it's um, more than 35.
1: Yeah. 30. Uh, Cut a little short there. <laughs> try
0: 45, yeah. 45 there years. There you go. Um, ballpark. Man.
1: I mean, how crazy is that? You can't get to fifty. Nah, you can't nah, get to
0: fifty nah. if you're if you're a team in a drought or a city in a drought. You hit fifty. Yeah, he, and it's half
1: century, It's true. Half century marks a little astonishing. Yeah, yeah, I hear.
0: So the Flyers match up with the Canadians, and thank you to Montreal for bouncing out the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That was awesome. Now the Flyers have to take care of business, and I might sound like a homer here, but I've picked the Flyers to sweep the series. Woo. Call me crazy call me optimistic, wow. but I just think the Flyers are loaded. I think they're deep. I think they're ready to roll. I think they'll be prepared for game one. Now, yes, there's a difference between round robin games and these games where all of a sudden, you know, the elimination clock sort of starts for, for teams. So I, I get that. Um, I don't know that, you know, maybe Montreal gets off to a good start and the Flyers are playing catch up, but I, I just don't think, I don't think they have any business losing to this team. I don't. I look at the depth. I look at the scoring from the third and fourth line. I look at the defense. I look at just the structure of the team. The Flyers, I think, gave up the fewest shots in the regular season per game, and they've continued that in their round-robin games. And I'm not scared of Carey Price. you got to get volume to the net. you got to get bodies in front of them. It's the old cliche. But look at the round-robin. Okay, Yaroslav Halak started the Boston game, whatever, but he's a serviceable net miner. They lit him up. Braden Holtby gave up what, three, four goals. Vasilevsky gave up four goals. I mean, the Flyers were buzzing in the round robin. They look like they're ready to roll. And quite frankly, they look like they have missed a beat from the time of the pandemic pause where they had won nine of their last 10. So I'm all in on the Flyers. I'm predicting a sweep. Again, that might be a touch optimistic, but there should be no way in hell they lose this series to Montreal. Um, and, and then, you know, if they stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit for this team. Now, there are a couple of question marks, all right? We don't know about the status of Jake Voracek for tonight's game and maybe more than that. And obviously, Michael Roffel got hurt in the round robin. But I still look at the depth they have. I still look at the guys that contributed uh, the last couple of games, and and I'm pretty darn confident in this hockey team. Now, with that said, when Voracek plays, whether it's tonight in game one against the Canadians or later in the series or what have you, he's got to have an impact. He's one guy that I think can be a real difference maker for this team or possibly bring him down if he's lackadaisical in the D zone or if he's not back-checking or if he just – the commitment isn't there. That's the thing you need from playoff hockey. You need commitment. you got to have a buy-in from everybody. I think the Flyers have great team chemistry. I think they're all committed. And I think the Hayes, Lawton, Konechny, nine, uh, Konechny line, John Mita, could be the best in the postseason out of any team, not just the Flyers. But Hayes, Lawton, and Konechny, book it to me, uh, maybe the most impactful line of any team this year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's my prediction.
1: We make a lot of great points, Joe. Um, you know, first of all, this is, this is definitely the deepest Flyers team that I can remember for years. When you look at the Flyers, like – how many times, like, did you say, okay, like, they got two good lines? And then the third line's kind of like, eh, maybe a player there's somewhat decent. And the fourth line, it's like, all right, bring out the goons, you know? But with it, yeah. but with this team, they're deep. Even the fourth line, the damage that the fourth line did in these round-robin games between nasty Nate Thompson and Pitlick and... I mean, they they were playing absurd. Like it was yeah, it was incredible. And that just goes to show the depth on this roster. It's gonna be real interesting for me to see what James Van Reemstike is. Yes, the, he's another guy it you know, has gotta contribute. It's gotta contribute. And I feel like maybe he wasn't like you might have mentioned, just kind of like what you mentioned before with Jake Forechak. He he just kind of wasn't in it. I don't think he was that interested. So It's going to be interesting to see how he comes out, what type of emotion he plays with, because this guy can be a killer in the playoffs. I mean, he's had, you know, throughout his career, he's had some playoff series where he's really dominated and, and, and been a huge integral part of them moving on. So it'll be interesting for me to see that. But what I said on Facebook a couple of days ago after they beat Tampa Bay, you know, the difference with this flyer team than any other that I've seen in years past it's just their defenseman and their goalie. Now that they have those two issues solved, look out. Because like think about it. Shane Gasis bear. He was like a healthy scratch for, you know, the first two games of the round robin. Then he gets his chance. And what does he do? He comes in against Tampa Bay. He gets uh two assists. You know, he was he was a you know playing his natural role on that, you know, as the high point man in the power play, he looked good. So it's awesome to have those kinds of problems, but you know, the stars are going to have to be the stars. Claude Giroux is going to have to show up. If Voracek check gets back, he's going to have to show up. And then you look at the kid, man. Carter Hart is just, a, I mean, a young kid that just looks like he is so zoned in, even though he's going against his idol, carry price down the other end. I agree. I think, You know, my prediction at the beginning of the series is 4-1, maybe one game the Flyers drop because, you know, they're they're just not into it that night. But I agree. I mean, this team looks dangerous. They look hungry. Hungry, man. I've never seen, like, here's the deal with those round-robin games. You couldn't tell if the Flyers didn't think that those games were important. Every game to them looked like they were like they needed the game in order just to clinch a playoff spot. That's the type of desperation they were playing with. And so that's just a great sign because they literally look like they left off when they were on that killer streak at the end of the regular season going nine to one. They look like they're right back there. And I love the coach, man. I love the coach. This guy holds all his players accountable. Unlike the other guy on the other winter sport team. Okay. Okay. He's not afraid. He's not afraid. We won't mention names. He's not afraid to call out his players when they're not playing well, like Voracek, or he sits JVR. Like, yo, you don't want to hustle? You don't want to play at both ends? No problem. You'll sit next to me. And with the experience, and he's developed some of these young players. <clears throat> and you have to also give credit to the other parts. You know, Michelle Terry and, and, and Mike Yo are their coaching – They have the best coaching staff in the NHL, bar none. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and we, it's making a difference. I, I,
0: yeah, and you mentioned that last podcast, just the experience on the bench. And I think that, you know, you can't overlook or overestimate things like that. Mike Yo has been a head coach in the Stanley Cup playoffs multiple times. Yeah. And Michelle Terrian, Mike Therrien, whatever you want to yeah. call him, he's the same thing. Yeah. He's been behind the bench in these big moments. So they're not going to be outmatched in that regard. <clears throat> they're not going to get outcoached. And look, Claude Julien is a great coach. Montreal has a great head coach. But the Flyers have more depth. And they don't? I think they have more speed and I don't think they're going to be intimidated or pushed around by anybody either. That, and that's a huge part of the playoffs, not only being engaged, yeah. but knowing that you can match, you know, you got to play physical, you can play physical, you got to play fast, you got to play yeah. fast. You got to win special teams battle. You got to get great goaltending. They have all those boxes checked. Now it's a matter of going out next year.
1: I don't think Montreal has the firepower. You look at some of these other teams when you had your Crosby's and Ovechkin's and, and these other teams in the East and, and Marshawn and Bergeron, like, who, who is that star? Who is going to carry Montreal? Who's going to score goals for them? The way the Flyers are clamping down defensively, to basically right. in those round robin games, they score what, what was it, eleven goals, and they gave up three. Like that is yep. doing the job. So I'm not really worried. I mean, Montreal they have some good defense with Shea Weber. He's an absolute stud. But I, but right. I don't worry about their forwards and their center. They they, they just they don't have the firepower to compete with the hottest team in the NHL right now and i
0: and yeah and listen montreal should get full marks again for dispatching the yeah. penguins especially in four games but the pe- i don't know that the penguins are all in no. i don't know that that team had the chemistry the flyers have yeah. i don't know that that team was really fully committed again some of those pieces look they added a lot of names uh, when you know you you look at their lineup, it's almost an all star roster. But how many of those guys really had been there for the whole season? Now, you know, Jason Zucker was added late. They brought back a Connor Sherry. Patrick Marlowe's is a guy that's been around the block, but got added. How do all those pieces fit? Malkin never looked like himself. He looked like he didn't care for a lot of that yeah. series. The Penguins barely scored. And, and listen, you got to give the Canadians credit, but in in game four. You know, with their season on the line, the Penguins get shut out. Like, what kind of effort is that? To me, that's – you know, I, I just I, – I don't think that they were fully in it. you got to give Montreal credit, yes. But I think this Flyers team I – mean, the Penguins had 22 shots in the elimination. Yeah. Game. You know, that is that is not enough desperation. Mm. I don't care who you are, you know, what your pedigree is, how many cups you've won. Yeah. That's just not good enough. I don't care if you're playing in a bubble on Mars during a pandemic. It doesn't matter. That is not good enough And. Uh, I think the Flyers have way more to offer than the Penguins brought to the table. I think we'll see that starting in game one. And one of the key hockey terms that coaches always talk about is no passengers. The Flyers have proven to this point they don't have passengers. Everybody's engaged. Everybody's involved. If you're not, usually you take a seat, and that's a great way to have your team built, and they have great guys in a locker room. You know, knowing people in that organization, in the Flyers organization, talking to those that are around these guys every day, the room is loose. The room is fun. These guys like each other, and you need that this time of year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's their chemistry is phenomenal right now, and it doesn't matter. Look, at some of the contribution from some of these young guys. I mean, it's just been incredible in the, the coach. I know. In the coach, and I love this speech. If anybody's ever seen the speech when they did that little series or coverage of, you know, behind, yeah, beyond the, beyond glass. the glass. I mean, the speech he gives, and then he goes, play like a blanking flyer. Right then and yep. there, I was all in. I've never even played hockey. <laughs> Give me some skates and a stick. At least I'll I'll be able to get some penalty minutes. I know I could do that. But, uh, yeah, that was just amazing. An- yeah. uh,
0: another question, and I don't know it's a question so much as I'll be intrigued to see, but Phil Myers and Travis Sanheim, who, again, not watch being able to watch a ton of Flyers games throughout the year because... A lot of times I'm working, I'm on the air, we have games, whatever. I don't get to see these guys night in, night out, Robert Hag, et cetera. But Myers and Sandheim have looked like an awesome pairing defensively. Unbelievable. If you can get good play from them, now you're now you're 6-D and Hag's sitting out possibly or Augustus Bear's sitting out, there's depth on the blue line, you know. So you know what you're getting from Provorov and Niski Right braun and braun and ghost or braun and Hag, whoever it is are going to lock it down you got mark friedman waiting in the wings you got Hag possibly waiting in the wings sandheim and Myers give you the solid play that we saw from the round robin and and the development steps they took this year they give you what you're expecting to get from them i just don't see a weakness with this you know and and that and that you know and again uh, the jvrs the Vorchecks of the world they got I want to see early in game one that those guys are busting their tail. They're finishing their hits, pucks to the net. All those cliches are so true when you get the playoff hockey because a bounce, a bad call, an injury can change everything. You've got to be dialed in. Right.
1: Absolutely, 100%. And, and just like, just to kind of add to what you were saying, just the veteran leadership of Niskanen and Braun has been great to just go with the young talent. I mean, it's been a perfect Uh, I mean, chemistry. I mean, it's, it's just been fantastic. And we've never so many years. It's like, okay, we never had the goalie. We never had the goalie. Oh, when are we going to get these speedy defensemen that can do both carry the puck, the way the NHL was kind of transforming their game over the last eight years into a different type of style. And now we have all that. We have all the pieces, man. I mean, it's, it's there for the taking. It's just a matter of, are they going to get it done? So
0: and listen, the Canadians are going to have their matchups that they want, right? They're going to have, they're going to want their checking line at Deneau, right. Byron, and Lekkanen, as I'm looking at Daily Faceoff here to make sure I got their trios right. Yeah. You know, they're going to have them against probably Hayes or Giroux, but that's the that's the other part of it is like, you can't possibly match up with a team that outmatches you, what, what, right? Like from a talent it. standpoint, from a from a depth standpoint. So this is why I've yeah. kind of always looked at it like, if it's not the Canadians, if it's the Blue Jackets, yeah. it's... Whoever out West, they're going to have their checking line and they're going to go, okay, you guys got Giroux all series long. Okay, well then who's taking Hayes and his line, right? And then you, okay, that's fine. Now that's a wash. Now you've got Voracek possibly on your third line and JBR on your fourth line with some speed and youth. Like if those guys are able to be difference makers, I just don't see any way that a team like this can match up. The Canadians certainly have skill and speed like you talked about, uh, but, but Jonathan Drouin is soft as baby poop. You know, you take him out of a series like yeah. that. I mean, you just you stay in his grill, you stay in his kitchen, don't give him time and space. Max Domi's going to be a handful, right? He's not a fun player to play against. But again, the Flyers have plenty of those guys, the Konechny's and the Lawtons that get in your kitchen. Yeah. Um, but as you look at the back end of Montreal, they're five six defensemen. They don't they don't do anything for no. me. Even you know Brett Kulak and Jeff Petrie. I know Petrie had some big goals against the Penguins, but that's not a defense pairing where I'm going, whoa, the, the, yeah. you know, who's, who's going to penetrate, you know, and, and generate some offensive zone time when they're on the ice. Like, I, I just don't see it. I think it's a short series. I think the Flyers dominate uh, you know, baby. Yeah. I think they dominate them honestly. And I hope they get started early in game one. So I don't have to sweat one out. Uh, Johnny made any final thoughts on Stanley cup playoff hockey, other than the 48,000 overtimes we've seen. And really just a, a great, Intensity, I think, from everybody out there. I just watched some of the Caps and the island Hey, what's that score? And, uh, I don't even know. It was two-one Caps okay. after two, I yeah. think. But a great tilt. Uh, I guess Backstrom got hit late or high. Yeah. And, uh, a couple shifts later, Tom Wilson went after Anders Lee, and that was a heavyweight tilt. I mean, you're getting these guys dialed in now. They're you know the gloves are yeah. off. From well, the be, standpoint of like, be, you know, you're in the bubble. You got no choice now, right? You're yeah. in it. So you might as well bring – you might as well bring your lunch pail and go Well, that's
1: what people said, you know. Maybe some of these other teams just weren't bringing their level. It's, it's hard for me to believe that you could just turn that switch on and then become a different team. But I think the Flyers put everyone on notice in that round robin, yep. you know, because it was domination pretty much every game. I mean, Tampa Bay – they kind of dominated the third period of that game. It was kind of a little dicey, Carter Hart came up yeah. huge, but but we, we have the horses to compete with anybody and that's awesome. And I can't wait. So
0: all right, before we get out of here on the Brotherly yeah. Love Podcast again, please don't forget to subscribe, right? Like us, give us ratings, comment, all that stuff helps boost our uh our visibility to get more listeners. So if you if you're Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just click subscribe. Be uh, massively appreciated by both Johnny Meade and I. But uh, before we get out of here, uh, this will probably make me want to puke. But the Philadelphia Phillies last night, uh, from the eighth inning to the tenth Looks inning. Looked like a T-ball team. The, it was just, like, embarrassing for both teams. There were, like, a thousand highlights and lowlights. Comebacks, blown leads, poor fielding. Like, I don't even know where to start except – that loss sucked, and this team's 5-7. and seven. They can't win more than two in a row, and it's a 60-game season. And what they've done so far, fielding-wise, is embarrassing. And, you know, we, I think a lot of us wanted to blame Gabe Kapler for being a meathead and thinking Joe Girardi was going to be able to flip this switch and guys were going to be ready to go. If this continues, I'm not blaming Girardi. I'm blaming the players that are just brain-dead. Like, Roman Quinn, wake up. Gene Segura, wake up. Like, fool me once, right? But the second time around, like, uncle at this point. So, I've had it. Uh, The bullpen stinks. We know this. Our ERA is like 106. And I might not be that far off. But what I saw last night with fielding errors and just debauchery, a lack of focus, and sort of this, like, you know, just really just brain-dead play in the field, that I can't stand. It makes me sick. It was an embarrassing loss to the Orioles, who stink. I don't care what their record says. And the Phillies got a very short time to figure this thing out and start playing consistent baseball, or the whole damn city is going to be tuning out from Phillies games pretty soon.
1: I just want to give the the fans out there, and me, a shocking statistic that I heard today. Okay, eight members of the Phillies' bullpen, their earned run average is over eight. Over eight. Okay, they've played 13 games. Mathematically, that sounds incredibly impossible. How crazy is that?
0: Well, yeah, especially considering it's so early in the year. Yeah, you give up three runs in an inning and a third or two-thirds of an inning. You get smacked around. Your ERA is going to be like 100. But you come out and get like three outs consecutively, it's going to go back down. It's like the batting averages for these guys. You know, you could be hitting 160 four games in have a four-hit game, and now you're hitting 340. Like, it's just – it's it's a law of averages. It's the numbers. But at some point, somebody's got to get somebody out without serving up a meatball. Like, I can't believe the amount of pitches that are just grooved down the middle of the plate. It is so mental right now for these guys. It has to be. It has to be. Because when, you know, when for 10 straight days, guys are coming out of the pen and it doesn't matter who you're calling on. They suck. Somewhere it's got to be between the ears.
1: Yeah. It's got Wow, well, I mean, it's just I think they let go of some of the wrong pieces because they might have been a little more expensive pieces in our boy Moneybags Middleton, okay? If this is just – and Matt Klintec, if they just don't understand, okay, they don't want to go over the luxury tax, well, you're, these pitchers are just inadequate. And I'm sick and tired of the retreads, the Adam Morgans. the Who's the left-hander? The Cole Irvings. Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter. My God, if I see that guy one more time. Honestly, if I saw him in public, I'd fight him. I'd fight him. (laughs) I'd fight him. If, If Tommy Hunter were I to lock eyes, we'd get into a fist fight. I'm not even kidding on that. But in all seriousness, like well, the you bullpen. know what? you should have kept your weight yeah. up because he's definitely oh. more than two fifty, oh, yeah. Tommy. Well, Otter. We're, we're probably right in the same mark, but I'd still kick his ass. But anyway, but it's just and let's the bullpen is just okay, god awful. So the bottom line is, our starters need to pitch and they need to pitch for about seven, eight innings. With I, a, know. Tw- I, want, with I ten, want to see more double yeah. headers. I want more seven-inning, yeah. literally with, double headers because it gives the Phillies the best exactly. chance. Exactly, with a 10-run lead, you know, that one might be safe. But we also got to look at some of the starters not doing their jobs. Reese Hoskins, you know, bad in the fat, 181. The guy looks lost. Last night, that was his ball. He was right under it. But I didn't hear a word come out of the guy's mouth. I heard Segares screaming like, I got it, but I didn't hear a anything from Reese. So he's going to put the Randall Dubois, the doobie down, comes up to his reggae music. He looks like he's in outer space right now. You, you, you got you got Scotty Jetpacks, okay? Uh, he stinks right. right now. Fat 100, okay? He's giving you nothing at the dish. You got Segari. He's, He's been, you know, maybe with that home run last night, maybe creeped up to 205. And our boy, Uncle Larry, McCutch, man, he's not doing much. So you got four starters on your team that are just not producing a little bit. You got pitchers that can hit 225 in this league. Like, let's go. Yeah. And and I can't blame Girardi. I mean, listen, this is the track he is given. Well, what are you going to say? I mean, could anybody manage that bullpen? I know I couldn't. I'd be I mean, playing pin the tail on the donkey or throwing darts at a board. You probably have a better you shot. At right. You were throwing darts. You were throwing darts with that that cast of characters. So last night I tweeted.
0: I was I was oh, freaking God. over that game. So I jumped on the brotherly love podcast Twitter account at Be Podcast for a rare series of tweets, and one of them I thought was pretty creative about social distancing from the Phillies bullpen. Don't call them anymore. Don't pick up the phone. Tell them the phone's broken. If a guy comes out of the bullpen, tell him to go home. Like, I, That's all. I don't want anybody coming out of that bullpen and throwing a baseball in the near future. So social distance from the bullpen, please, Joe, Joe Girardi. And the other thing, can I I, I love D.D. Gregorius, okay? I love this guy. So let's lock him up. Let's get him here. And just, I want this guy to be a Philly for a while. He's He's a stud.
1: Lock him up. Can we talk about them locking up
0: JT oh, Real well, We wasted our what breath more. on this already. I know. Did you see the reports? They haven't even had a conversation with yes, him yet.
1: haven't even had a conversation since the pandemic. That sends I a good message. There you go, Matt clintech I guess the price is going to go down when the guy jacks 30 home runs right. and has like 80 RBIs. The guy, some of the plays he's making at the plate defensively. Last night, he catches out, oh, saved the, the tag Alvarez keeps bacon. him in the game. Yeah, keeps yeah. them in the game. I mean, are you kidding me? And, and, and to hear that news, I agree with you. The fact that they haven't even talked, are you, like, what? Like, what? Like, you know, it, it, it's time to fire some people up front in the front office. You know, see you later. The only thing that might
0: save them is the fact that it's a shortened season, and they can claim, you know, well, it was a crapshoot. Right? But well, let's keep in mind expanded playoffs this it, year, so you get a, right? You know, even a, you know, a half decent sixty game season, you're probably going to get in. I mean, the division stinks, from what I can tell, at least looking at the standings. I know the Phillies haven't played many teams in the division so far, but nobody's running away with it. Like, yeah. I mean, get on a run, win three or four in a row, get above five hundred, get your head above water, get some confidence going, get somebody out for Christ's sake. Oh,
1: that's that's. uh,
0: You know, they've hit the ball in the last couple games, and they've got nothing to show for it, really. I mean, it's dude,
1: is Phil Goslin still leading this team on in hits or what? He's getting the start tonight
0: over Jetpacks, is what I was told. Sources close to the brother love. Oh, nice. AKA regular listener Matt Finnegan. He's like, yo, they finally told Kingery to take a seat, Goslin starting. So God. I haven't confirmed that, wow. but I'll trust my sources there and say, thank God, like you did.
1: Um, thank God. I mean, I think the kid just needs a break. I mean, again, this year is going to be the Astridge weird year. But, right. but hey, let's just see some improvement from some areas. My God. I hear you, brother.
0: Uh, All right. Well, listen, fly it up. You up. Know, we'll it. keep our Cup focus crazy. on the
1: Stanley Cup. Cup
0: crazy over here, baby. And uh, we'll try and connect in a week or so. Hopefully, the Flyers have moved on by then. And they're awaiting their next opponent. And hopefully, the Sixers aren't eliminated by then so we can bash them. Oh, and hopefully, the Phillies aren't in the cellar mm. and and infected with the Rona again so we can continue to want to puke in our mouths every time they take the field. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy. Your boy Bryce
0: Harper's looking good, though. That's one That's one saving grace. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, him and Rio Muto. I mean, other than that, yeah. that's, that's what we're working on. And Dee Didi. Dee's look good, yeah. Jay Bruce, that's that's Stallworth all it's the back. My best. guy,
0: my guy. Two triples on the year. Probably didn't have two the whole his whole career prior to this. Two
1: triples. My God, for that guy, you gotta love it. That's good. Anyway, that's good base running, by the way. So,
0: any uh, real quick, any thoughts on the hacking and whacking that went on at? Uh... The uh, wagon. NBC Sports Philly with D. Gunn, uh, and G Murph. Well, and a lot it's, of, a lot, listen, of uh, a lot of staples in the media world in Philly. Yeah. are getting this.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's just a sign of the times. Uh, Serena winners too. I mean, but Derek Gunn to have that staple and Murph. You know, those two guys have been in this city for so many years and kind of brought you the behind the scenes information that not a lot of other people will be able to give you. And and it really stinks. And I wish them. Nothing but the best for both of them in their futures and you know, hopefully next year maybe maybe they start over and we get this the ship rolling back again. And all and
0: I, I don't really like the decision company wide it seems like, or at least regionally, well, that they're gassing sideline reporters well, ga- and ringside reports. Well they're gassing I mean, everybody know-
1: because like apparently they own you know, when you're talking about this company, I mean they own movie studios, they own theme parks, and apparently they're getting gas in other areas. And when we say that, we're talking about the economy. Let's not get offensive people on the other end and start talking crazy. But um, that that's kind of – they're really dealing with, with their economic loss, I think, nationwide. And that's kind of what's led to the cuts. And who are you going to cut? The people making – you know, the most money and then you're gonna keep the and, people and that really
0: are... aren't I hate to say aren't contributing much, right. but you're talking about going to G Murph three times a game. Right. Right. You know, exactly. and he's making what? You know, like yeah. where he's doing a right. Philly's wrap up show that you use for a rain delay. Right. It's like
1: exactly you
0: know, yeah. we can find some other moat we're already paying to do this job, unfortunately. That's just yeah. the reality. It's a scary one being yeah. in that industry, trust me. But I, I yeah. get I get that side of it when the you know when the headhunters, when the decision makers are looking at it going, well you know, we need the play-by-play guy or we need the, this guy, but we don't need four hosts or four analysts. Like we can, you know, we can, we can trim some fat there. It's, it's, um, again, it's unfortunate, sort of scary in the sports world, but no, uh, I guess a, a little sign of the times here Nick? by the way, real quick before I sign yeah. off, I got to Did I ever tell you about the time I was yelling at G Murph, no. Greg Murphy no. at uh, minute made park. No. All right, real quick before we get off here on the brotherly love <laughs> podcast. So Philly's Astros circa, I don't know, Call 2012. And after the game, you know, great seats because of Minute Park. There's nobody going to games. And Maureen Wade, Ed Wade's daughter, used to hook me up with Unreal tickets all the time. So we're like, you know, 15 rows off the field. It's probably a, 20 rows off the field is a bad, bad seat for us. Going to Phil's Astros. I don't even remember what the hell the score was. After the game, G. Murph's on the field, like, waiting, doing, like, his interview or whatever. And I'm, like, screaming at him, like, Murph, Murph. He looks up makes eye contact, and I'm like, tell Wheels he sucks. And G. Murph was, like, mortified <laughs> that I would have gone out of my way to get his attention in Philly's gear, screaming it at him in Houston, <laughs> Maid Park, just to tell him that Wheels sucks.
1: Oh, man, that is. He was very disappointed. Very disappointed. To say the least. Oh, some sad news to pass but on. But it made my night. So, yeah, what do you got? Uh, you know, 20 minutes ago, came across the wire. The old offensive line coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, Howard Mudd passed away in a motorcycle accident oh. today. R.I.P. Howard Mudd. Yeah. So, but uh, let's go Flyers. Let's get some positive yep. vibes rolling. You know, and I don't care. Listen, if they find a way to get it done and win the damn cup, we're having the parade anyway. Screw that you, guy. COVID. Screw you. That a
0: guy, John Mita. What do you think? Give me a give me a game one prediction and the and the game winner.
1: All right, ready? Game yeah. one prediction. Carter Hart stays hot, man. We're going 5-1 tonight. Game winner. Let's go JVR. He needs a night. I
0: got 3-2 the final in favor of the Fly Guys. Maybe a slow start. Maybe Canadians lead early. And Mr. Hollywood, Kevin Hayes with the G-Dub.
1: Hayes has been playing incredible lately.
0: I know. Poise with the puck. Patience with the puck. Playmaking. Using his length. Kevin Hayes, game winner, 3-2 Fly Guys in game one. They finish off the sweep in about a week. of boy. All right, John Amita. I'll see you soon, my brother. You got it. Sounds good, good job as always. See you. Thanks, for everybody, everybody, for tuning listening. in. Yep. Yep. All the, all the listeners, all the support, Brother love podcast. Until next time, go Flyers, go Sixers, go Phils, go Birds, and we'll see